0: The title of my message today is promises kept. <laughs> promises kept. It's it's interesting to know how that whenever you meet someone and they make a promise to you and they fulfill it that it's it's really like wow it's an honor to make sh- to have something First of all for promises to be made and then to be made in good faith that they will be taken care of and then of course whenever they are kept and whenever they're fulfilled. It's, it's even like, wow, that really speaks of the character and really speaks of the, uh, of the person to who they are as an individual. Well, in today's message, in Genesis chapter 15, uh, we have this segment of Scripture that God is speaking to Abraham, and he is making promises. And it's interesting how that, as you follow through in the, in the Old Testament, you see how these promises were kept. And then how that, that transfers or is a springboard into the New Testament in which God has given us promises and God has given us these things and he initiates how that they are going to be kept and how that they are going to be made real in our lives. So in Genesis chapter 15, we're just going to kind of read a verse and then talk about it for a little bit. In Genesis chapter 15 verse 1, after all these things, this word of God to Abraham in a vision. So the things that we're looking at here or are, are made mention of. Abraham has taken off to rescue his nephew Lot and has taken off to rescue these people from uh, the four kings that had come and um, overran Sodom and Gomorrah and taken them captive. And Abraham finds out about this... About this um, Pillage and he goes after them now, Abram is just a nomad he 's a wanderer with um, a limited number of people at his disposal and he goes on he goes after four kings to set the, to set his nephew lot free and to set the other people free that these kings had come and taken, uh, taken captive so Abram sets out to do this, and of course he is victorious, and he has a plan, and he goes and he takes. He's a military leader. (laughs) He has an an idea of what he should do, how he should do it, and how he should take on the enemy. And it's interesting how that God was able to take individuals who were not military-minded people and give them the ability to be victorious in their battles. And this is one of those times. Abram was able to take on the challenge and take his men and become victorious over his enemies. But what happens in this whole process is how that God speaks to his life Abram and not only does Abram give a um, an understanding of God's military tactics but it is a understanding of how that God is able to work in his life and bring about promises and promises fulfilled and the scripture says after all these things this word of God came to Abram in a vision So God made him this gracious visit by showing up and saying, Abram, you are blessed. Well, first of all, he says, don't be afraid. Abram, I'm your shield. Your reward reward will be grand. God promised Abraham a blessing even more so because Abram was not restrictive in his giving. Abram was not restrictive in how he was going to go out and do something good for someone else. How that God had used Abram to make sure that his nephew was safe and the people who were with him, uh, with Lot, that were taken captive, how that they were safe. And there was no reward in this for Abram. In fact, whenever the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah wanted to reward Abram, he said, No way. I don't want anything that you have to give because do not think that I'm not going to allow anyone to think that my wealth and my well-being came by the hand of somebody else. Everything that comes into my life is going to come into my life by the hand of God. And Abram just, you know, made that declaration and the people were, well, okay, we'll, we'll keep all of our gold and our riches and the plunder. We'll keep all of that and take it with us. And Abram, receives this promise from God that, number one, don't be afraid. Who is Abram going to be afraid of? These four kings are going to seek revenge on Abram for coming with this night raid and conquering them. They could come against him, and he's just a nomad tribe, you know, with no walled cities or anything, and he could be afraid of that. And God says to him, Abram, I'm your shield. So whenever we look at our life, There are situations, changes in our life, um, government, (laughs) the Ebola, the ISIS, (laughs) the local neighborhood gangsters, whomever, and we would have a tendency to say, well, you know, we need to be afraid. Well, being cautious is not the same as being afraid. Being afraid is whenever we lock ourselves up in a a cube and don't allow anybody inside. Well, God says to Abram, he says, don't be afraid. Number one, because I'm your shield. Now, uh, uh, as safe as God himself could keep him is what this is implying. I am your shield. And somewhat more emphatically, it says, I am a shield to you. Not only am I your shield, I am a shield to you. So not only is it something like in the armor of God. The armor of God is the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness. We have the shield of faith. It's interesting how that the shield of faith, where does faith come from? Faith comes from hearing the word of God. Jesus is the word of God made flesh and dwelt among us. So what it is saying is the word is my shield Jesus is my shield. He is my protector. He is the one that comes into my life and gives me what I need to protect my life. Do not be afraid. Perfect peace casts out all fear. That the peace of God that passes understanding shall guard your hearts and your minds. So as we begin to... As we begin to see Jesus Christ in our lives, we see that he is our shield. He is our peace. He is our patience. He is our shoes that keep us safe, secure, peace, breastplate, breastplate of righteousness is the righteousness of God. The story that of this minister who had a dream And in this dream, he was on a platform, and he was at one end of the platform, and evil, the devil himself, was on the other side. And this minister in this dream, he said he couldn't move. He couldn't talk. He couldn't do anything. It's just like he was frozen in time having to stare at evil in the face, and evil was laughing and, you know, like, I've got you now. But while in this moment of time in which he was feeling these things, Jesus stepped between them. And when Jesus stepped between them, the minister was looking at the back of Jesus, and of course Jesus had come between him and evil. And while he's there, Jesus begins to back up. And the minister is thinking, if you don't, don't come any closer because then... You there's no more room between us. And then as he was stepping back, it was like he stepped into the person, the preacher, the minister. And it was at that moment that he realized, it is God in me that fights evil. It is God in me. Jesus Christ in me is the hope. And it was at that moment that he felt the freedom of power and the power of christ in his life that he was able to speak to evil and have it dispersed because it wasn't him it was jesus inside of him it was jesus in me and evil fell on the platform and in our life jesus is our shield he is the one who protects us not only is he the one who rewards us he is our reward He is not only the one that keeps us in peace, He is our peace. So the peace that God gives to us and the relationship that we have with Him, that He is a rewarder. And He is our reward. So as we begin to look at this very little verse, this little section of scriptures, after these things, this word came to Abraham in a vision. So after he had gone to war as it were and conquered these kings and that he's returning and he's, you know, things are settling down and here I am, this little nomad group of people uh, in the desert with no securities, no walled cities, no protection. God shows up and says, Abram, don't be afraid. I'm your shield. Your reward will be grand. So, in our life, Can we just pause for wherever we're at, whatever place we're at in our life, and God would say to you, Don't be afraid. (laughs) Don't be afraid. Well, this has happened and that has happened. These are the problems and that's no, no didn't say things weren't wrong and didn't have problems. He said, Don't be afraid. I'm your shield. Don't be afraid. I am your shield. So everything that comes at my life, I have a shield. And this shield is not a piece of paper. It is not how much I believe or don't believe. Jesus says, I am the word made flesh and dwelt among you. Faith is our shield. Christ is our shield. And he will protect us from all the fiery darts of the evil one. And then verse 2, Abram said, God, Master, what use are your gifts? You would think that, oh, wait a minute, Abraham. Abram here, what's what's going on? Don't you appreciate what God has just told you? What Abram is saying is something that's just like in any one of our lives, God is protecting me, but what for what? What purpose is all this protection? What purpose is all this? for which God has promised in my life. What purpose is all this? And, and Abram said, because you look at this, I'm childless. and Eliezer of Damascus is going to inherit everything. Here I am, I have left everything to come and follow you. I've followed your voice, I've listened to you, I've obeyed you, and I still don't have an heir. And if I, have an, if, if I don't have a son or don't have a child soon and I die, is going to get everything that you've given me and he'll take it all back to where we came from. <sighs> Sometimes we're like that. That um, what good is all this going to do? You know, we've been at this for a while. We've been doing our life You know, I've been living my life all my life. (laughs) How about you? (laughs) You've been living your life all your life? And we look at it and we say, well, is this all there is to it? And God is saying, "Hey, Abraham, David, don't be afraid. Your reward is great. Now, when I say those words, your reward is great, what do you think of? What is great? To Abram, who is without a child, God goes on to tell him, he gives him another promise. He says, then God's messenger came, don't worry. Okay, so he says, don't be afraid. Then he says, don't worry. He won't be your heir. A son of your body will be your heir. So whenever we are faced with our difficulties, God is not afraid of our questions. God is not afraid of the the real questions in our heart and mind. What am I going to do? How am I going to make it? This is not going to work. I have a very real problem, and I have a very real God, and I need to know how this is going to work. And so God comes with a promise and drops that promise right into our lap. He drops that promise right into our life. From Abram, he needed to know again God is going to bless him. And then he said in verse 5, Then he took him outside and said, Look at the sky. Count the stars. Can you do it? Count your descendants. You're going to have a big family, Abram. <laughs> now, when you don't have a son, you don't have a child, and you are a desert-wandering person, and God takes you outside and look at the sky on a clear day, On a clear night, we can see the abundance of the stars. We can see the abundance, and God says to Abram, count them, count them. When we are afraid, what is the greatest thing that God could do? When we are afraid, what is the greatest thing that God could do in my life? you can't even begin to imagine the greatest thing that God could do in your life. Abraham hadn't a clue as to what the greatest thing was. and When he didn't have a son, he didn't have an heir, he says boldly and directly, God, this is a problem. I don't have a child. God says, Abraham, from your loins, from you and your wife, you are going to have descendants as much as, and as great as the stars. Hmm. What does it say about Abraham? And he believed, verse 6. He believed God, and God declared him set right with God. And he believed. Now this is where we have the, heart, the difficulty in the transitioning. Because here we are thinking, what is the greatest thing that God could do in answering my prayers and we have a hard, thing, we have a hard time transi- transitioning from this reality of what is going on in my life and what is happening to this reality of making it, of having God's blessing upon my life. You see, we, we have a hard time making that jump. But it's not a matter of denial, and it's not a matter of fantasy. It is a matter of faith. It is a matter of faith where God speaks his promise to our life in a way that helps us see the transition from I don't have a child to that. And later on, it says that when Moses is, is talking to the children of Israel, he says, God in Deuteronomy God will multiply, God will multiply your descendants a thousand times. So not only does God fulfill the promise that God spoke to Abram when he didn't even have a child, that he's going to have a descendant, and his descendants were going to be as numerous as the stars, and then when Moses is talking about this later on here, I'll try and find it in my... And I told you, I can't do this. Deuteronomy 11. And, and this is Moses talking to the, the, the elders and the people of Israel. He's, he's talking to them and he tells them, I can't run this group anymore. You know, there's so many of you, I can't even keep up with you. And then God, your God, has multiplied your numbers. Why look at you? you rival the stars of the sky. This is you know, 400, 500 years later that Moses is looking at this group and saying the same thing that was told to Abraham hundreds of years prior. Your descendants are like the stars of the sky. That's the promise that comes to Abram. Some 400 and some 400, 500 years later, Moses is leading the group, the descendants, out of the bondage of Egypt, and he tells them, You're, you are as numerous as the stars of the sky. And then he say, and may God, of the God of your fathers, Keep it up. May the God and the God of your fathers keep it up and multiply you another thousand times. (laughs) Now, Abraham wants a child. God says, Abraham, don't think of one child. Think of descendants as numerous as the sky, the stars. And in that continuation we have moses coming with this group <laughs> some 400 and some years later and says god has answered the prayer of moses and multiplied you as numerous as the scars in the sky and may he do it another thousand times may he multiply you another thousand times that's a lot <laughs> that is a lot And it is a lot to see how that God can work in our life and in our limited perspective, we see things so small. We see things so tunnel vision that it's hard for us to imagine how that God is going to bless and to bring things about and change. You know, is Vincent there? Hold Vincent. Oh, he's busy. Let the let him alone. <laughs> we we know, you know he's good. <laughs> he's not screaming you know, no, but neither, he's good. Well, Vincent, there we you know had dedication just a week week ago, right? Last week, last Sunday morning. Now you wonder what can one child do? See, we don't know what one child can do. What our grandson Jackson? <laughs> or that little one back there <laughs> what what can one child do what can one child do what can one child do when they are raised in an environment of limitless possibilities what can one adult do you're the adult okay <laughs> what can each one of us do whenever we take off the limitations of what we see in ourselves what, can, what does God want to do in our life? And see, this is the challenge of how that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. That God is able to look at our life and we look at it and <clears throat> we say, well, you know, <laughs> if God really wanted me to be that, he would have made me smarter, brighter, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And that I would have been able to this and that. See, God, I, only have, I don't even have a child yet and you're promising me the stars of the sky. Do we believe Enough? Do we believe enough to allow God to speak to our hearts and to our lives? That's the challenge. It isn't, can God do this? It's, can we believe to allow God to take away the limitations that we've placed on him? Can we believe enough that we can say that these promises that God spoke to the church, the early church, and to believers, and to Moses, and to Abram, You see, we serve the same God that Moses served, the same God that Abram served. It's the same guy. And the same promises that he he spoke to Abram is the same, and those promises and others can be spoken into our own life. God doesn't have a problem taking one man and making his descendants, numerous as the stars in the sky, and that his descendants are still the center of of our lives <laughs> in the Middle East. There's still the, the sky God spoke to, His descendants are still with us. And we then, as Christians, are grafted into that vine of God's descendants, of Abraham's faith. We are there. And um, I was thinking of Psalm 103. This is David's psalm. Here we see how God made a promise to Abram, one son. God, saw, we saw that promise fulfilled, and then some in Moses and his declaration to the children of Israel. And he says, may it be a thousand times unto you. And then we see later on how the David, the, the king, is, he's not a king yet. He's been anointed king, but he's writing about well, maybe Psalm 103, he is a king. I'm sorry, I didn't look that one up. But David is the king, and he has this potential of what God wants to do in his life, and he comes at, he comes at this, with this with this declaration. Psalm 103, verse 1. Oh, my soul, bless God from head to toe. I'll bless his holy name. We have entered into this relational experience where we are allowing God to be a blessing to our life, and we are a blessing to others. How did the promise come to Abraham. He went out and did good for someone else. And in the doing of good, he rescued his son-in-law, his nephew. He, excuse me, wasn't his son-in-law, his nephew. He rescued his nephew. And after that deed of kindness, God came and he brought a blessing to his life. And here we are looking at our life And David is saying to us and to God, oh my soul, bless God. From head to toe, I'll bless his holy name. Oh my soul, bless God. And don't forget a single blessing that he has brought into your life. Don't forget a single promise. So what does God promise you? What does God promise us? How limited is our perspective? Can God bless us in such a way to us and change our future? To change what we imagine it to be to where God wants us to be? That's good. Oh my soul, bless God from head to toe. He forgives your sins. Now, it's important to, to recognize how all this begins. He blesses us by forgiveness. Forgiveness is a way of letting go of our past. There What's the cliche? It says, every sinner has a future. Every saint has a past. (laughs) Every sinner has a future and every saint has a past. There is no one who hasn't sinned. But what happens here is he forgives your sins. Every mistake and every failure that would try to anchor you to this mentality and to this spiritual perspective that you're not good enough, you've failed, you've mistaken, you've done, forget it. God doesn't hold that against us. He looks beyond our faults and sees our need. He forgives you every sin, every one of them. He heals your diseases. So what ails you? (laughs) What ails you today? Well, it isn't that we are sitting here dying of a a terminal illness. We are dying because of a terminal blindness. (laughs) We can't see beyond our mistakes. We can't see beyond our failures. And God is saying, he heals all your diseases. He redeems you from hell. He saves your life. He redeems us from hell. The very thing that would bring destruction into our life, he redeems us. He crowns you with love and mercy. He has a paradise crown upon your life. He crowns you with love and mercy. So what we have received, we give. He wraps you in goodness and he re- he renews your youth you're always young in his presence bob say amen You're always young <laughs> we're always young in his presence and so we have so how does this it all comes together that god has a way of speaking to us and you see in luke chapter 15 verses 31 and 32 this is the last couple weeks message His father said, son, you don't understand. Who's he talking to? The prodigal son, the prodigal's brother, the other brother, who stayed at home, worked the farm, didn't want to celebrate because his brother came home. He said, son, you don't understand. You're with me all the time, and everything that is mine is yours. (laughs) Everything that is mine is yours. God wants to bestow his blessings on our life. We need to allow him to do so. So we see how that Abraham Abram before his, this is before his name was changed to Abraham Abram I want you to know something don't be afraid I'm your shield I'm going to protect you. I am your protector that I am the one who blesses you. I am the one who keeps you. Remember that. And as you remember this, you don't have a child yet, but your descendants are as many as the stars. And we see how that God takes a limited perspective of a desert wanderer and has him look around and see the blessing that is coming. Here we are in our limited perspectives of life, of where we live, We live in Wimber. (laughs) We live in Johnstown. We live in this region. What is that? It is exactly where we are at at this moment. And at this place and at this time, God is going to open our eyes to see the promise that he has given to us. And it is from this promise that God will pour his blessings upon our life that we might see the stars of the heaven And believe that his promises are for me and my life and my family. Amen? Amen. Let's stand. Mm -hmm. Father, we are grateful. We thank you. You look beyond our faults and you see our needs. We are grateful and we are thankful that you love us beyond what we could ever understand or think God, you have a future beyond what we could ever imagine. God, we have possibilities that you will open to us. God, we are grateful that you watch over and let your anointing be upon our lives. Let your anointing be upon our words. Let your anointing be upon our work and our labor. God, we will continue to seek you and ask for your blessing and ask for your guidance every day that our life may bring honor and glory to you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.